Hola, soy Miguel Matos Gonzalez, coming back to you on Firme Cuentos y Arte Podcast from Spokane, Washington, from Eastern Washington, from the conservative side of Washington. Yeah, you know, just I haven't been able to to record lately, but there have been some really good things going on, some good conversations. Some good progress I see for gente. Uh, one of which is involving art. One of which is not just involving art, but arte. That's right, cultura, man. One of the things that came up in a conversation lately about equity in the school district was about the representation of art in education. Now, for those of you that have not been a part of a, a formal art education, somebody that, you know, hasn't uh, taken an art course in college or secondary school, be it private or public, you know, you, if you haven't been in the class, then you may not be able to, you know, to see what what the conversation is, but it's okay. I, I know that you'll definitely pick up on it and you'll learn. And for those of you that have been a part of formal art education, like myself and some of my friends here in, in Spokane and in both Spokane and, and San Anto, you know, and I, you get it, you know it, because art education. It's very Eurocentric. It is very focused on, as they say, the classics. And you move from um, from the the artists and the movements from from Europe to American art, and you talk about that, and you talk about those movements. But when it comes to the art of cultura, the art of gente, there is little to nothing spoken about the indigeneity influences, yeah, be it uh, Native American, be it pre-Mexican, be it South America, any of the Americas. <laughs> uh, no, no, nothing. Africa, Asia, and other, you know, Indian communities. And no, it, there's nothing, to little to nothing about that. Not to say that there's not a single program that will not talk about it. No, there are. And that's good. That's wonderful. But when it comes to your standard art curriculum, well, who do you talk about? You talk about Van Gogh. You talk about Matisse. You talk about Warhol. You talk about Lichtenstein. You talk about the big name artists. And yes, they have certainly earned their their place in the world, they have certainly earned their place in the art community, 
as as innovators, as leaders, as people that have made an impact considerably in the world of art. Yeah, oh yeah, they're very deserving. I'm I'm not trying to take anybody down and, and knock anyone down by any means. That is not what I'm here for. But when it comes to the Chicano movement, where are those artists represented? When it comes to the Mexican-American artists or the black community in, in the United States of America, where are those artists represented? What about Japanese artists? Uh, Chinese artists? Didn't they create art? Didn't they make something? I mean, look at the clothing they wear. Look at their textiles. Look at the, the utensils they 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 eat with. Look at the houses that they live in. All of that was created by an artisan. All of that was initially conceived by the mind of a person that, yeah, would be an artist. An artisan, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all of this, it's barely even, it's barely even discussed and and brought into to the picture of education and when it comes to art history well that's that's where you may find it and again like I said all courses are a little different sometimes there are courses that are concentrated just on the history of Chinese art or the history of Indian art the history of you know and I, I get that it can be focused but that's what the course is, is over it's that one aspect. Yeah, but when it comes to art and education, there is a great imbalance. It is still very Eurocentric. And same goes to to learning about dance. Same to go to learn about uh, music. You know, all of those, as they say, classics are what they're, they're focused about uh, around a Eurocentric opinion of what art is, what music is, what, what, what all this is. It's all focused on that. And I find it quite uncomfortable, actually, to, to be a part of. And when I'm in a class like that, when I was in a class, you know, I, I look at it. And I think to myself, wow, you know, wow, just wow. And I had questions as a student when I was, you know, a young Miguel. <laughs> I had questions even as going back, far back as, as high school because that's when I really became, I guess you could say, more involved in art as an individual. You know, more expressive, more exploratory in photography. And one of the things that I, I had a talk with, with one of my art teachers, and, and she was the best. She was a wonderful person. Because when I asked a question, uh, like for example, I asked the question, uh, you know, I raised my hand, because that's what you have to do. I raised my hand. I see. Well, you can't see me, but you get the idea. I raised my hand, and she said, Yes, Mike, because remember, I did, I, that was my name at the time, remember? Remember? You know, because you heard the other episodes. 
So, yeah, she said yes, Mike. And I said, I said to her, I said, Miss, when you talk about artists, when will we talk about, like, local artists, like, from San Anto? And she says, <laughs> Mike, you know we're not going to talk about local artists. And I was like, no, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. And I'm curious. Will we talk about local artists? And she says, you know, we really don't have the time to talk about local artists. We're only going to talk about the classics. Ah, see, she said it right there. We're going to talk about the classics. And then she said names like Warhol, you know, Lichtenstein. And she went on and stuff like that, and I was like, hmm, and I said, could we do, like, some kind of field trip, maybe, and go to a local art gallery, and then the kids were, the students were like, yeah, yeah, Simone, miss, and they're like, come on, let's go, and, you know, and we're like, yeah, okay, and, and she was like, okay, I'll see what I can do, so, bit of time passed. We didn't bring it up again because, well, we didn't want to get her all riled up or whatever. So we let it, we let the time pass. And then she came back and she said to us one day, she said, okay, class, we have a field trip planned. And, and everybody's kind of like, because in our minds, we're thinking it's like the McNay. Okay. The McNay Art Museum has, um, I guess you could say, the classics of art in it. It's kind of like the MAC, the Museum of Art and Culture, here in Spokane. For those, for the Spokanites, the McNay is a lot like the MAC, except it's built in the house, in like this, like, Spanish-styled mansion that used to belong to Marianne Kegler, and she was... A very, very rich lady. She collected a lot of art. But she only collected European art. Yeah, so you go there and you will see original, real, you know, Van Gogh paintings. You'll see, you know, real, real European art. You'll see that stuff. It's, it's really there, you know. It's, it's a great experience. I love it to see some of these paintings, but, uh, you know, that's not me, that's not representing who I am, where I'm from, that's somebody else's history, it's not mine, so when she said, we're going to go to a field trip, we're all thinking, okay, we're going to go to McNay, at least we're getting on the class, <laughs> and she says, we are going to the Blue Star Art Complex in Southtown, have any of you heard of it? And we all raised our hands. We're like, where <gasps> the hands shot up, man? Yeah, shot up like weeds in my front yard. Boom, they all went up. Yeah, we were like, yes, yes, Simone, yes. And so, yeah, it's it's a new art complex. It's been open for a few years. And at the Blue Star, there are a good number of local San Antonio and Texas artists there showing their, their painting 
um, we should go. That's where we're going to go. That's our field trip. So, you know, we, it was all planned out and everything. You know, she gave us the, the day we're going, all that good stuff. We're all excited. The day comes. We're all ready to go. We go on this field trip. Yeah. Bus parks in front of the, the Blue Star Complex. And it's a huge warehouse. I mean, it's like the size of, of I don't know. It's just huge. It's probably as big as a shopping center. Like, Northtown Shopping Center, where the mall is and all that. It's, it's a huge complex. Maybe not that big, but it's still big. It's a big complex. So we get in there and we're like, wow. It's all shiny and new. Look at that little blue star. Ooh. And so we looked at everything. It was so cool. It was the neatest thing. And we were there, all walking around. There are about, I think there are about 25, 26 of us. And the whole class went. So I mean, it, was, it was everybody. And, you know, we're, we're all looking around. We walk in through one side. And we're walking around. We're seeing all this amazing local art, you know. And it's not all Chicano art, too. You know, there's more than that. There is, um, there is an exhibit going on. And it was a group of black artists, black women. And we're looking at their work and we're talking about it. And she's asking us questions. She's really getting us to think about what people are putting into art. What what do you you know, what do you take from this image? What does this how does this make you feel? What do you what do you see when you see this image? You know, things like that. She's asking us some all sorts of questions and we're talking about about what we see in the work, you know. And then, you know, as we go through Blue Star, we get through, end up in this area where the artist studios were. And these artist studios are, are just individual artists working in their own space. They rent the space out. That's where they paint. That's where they, you know, do their pottery. That's where they work. And uh, a lot of these artists, not all, but a lot of them are full-time professional artists. And I remember we met, you know, some local San Anto artists and we talked about things they came in we went to their studios we got to see what the work they're doing we asked them questions like why you know why do you use this medium or how do you do this or, or tell me the story of this painting or whatever we had to ask whatever we wanted it was great it was amazing and we met some really good artists I remember meeting Carolina Flores at the time she was uh, young lady and painter just just happy person and her work was just amazing and beautiful and colorful and just so vibrant full of life and energy and love and you see her work and you just immediately you feel like it just hugs you you know it makes you feel so good so warm and you're like oh and it's just beautiful stuff she paints and she paints things too like Gosh, she paints things like, like um, you know, floral, uh, the city, people, portraits. She paints all sorts of stuff. She doesn't work on a specific, you know, she doesn't focus on one specific thing. She just paints all sorts of things. But it's just the way she does it and her personality and you meet her. And her work is just, it's amazing, it's beautiful. So met her and I remember met Robert Tatum. Um, he 
Jackson's also a young up-and-coming artist. He was doing lots of murals. He had a very, very interesting kind of, uh, I guess you can say kind of a West Coast lowbrow style, but it was mixed in with Mexican cultura, and it was just really cool. It was really, really interesting what he was doing. You know, everything looked so fluid, and so it just flowed. The bodies weren't shaped like like proportionate, uh, perfect paintings of people. They were cartoon-looking, kind of like the way, uh, you know, cartoon characters don't really have defined joints and elbows and what have you. They were just like one long tube that bends. Well, basically, that's how he painted his, his people, his characters. They looked kind of like that, and it was just really neat. The color palette was a little bit darker, more subdued earth tones, and some, some, some pretty bright colors popping here and there. Just really good stuff, beautiful stuff, and talked to him for a little bit. And we met some other artists, but when we got to one part, we got to the UTSA Gallery. That's the University of Texas San Antonio Gallery. Once we received, once we once we made it to that space, that's where we saw a whole big gallery of just Chicano art. And to see all that Chicano art was the most inspiring thing to see in one place. I mean, I had seen Chicano art growing up because of my dad, you know, so I saw the photographs he made. I saw Jesse and eventually saw the prints he made of those paintings. But then, as I walked through, I saw paintings by artists that I didn't even know, you know, that I did and their work, it, it was like they were documenting my life. That's what it felt like. I saw paintings of children, of brown, Mexican, American children, you know, dressed blue jeans, red and blue striped shirts, tennis shoes, playing, and I saw that, and then I, I saw, you know, paintings of four or five guys leaning up against a car, and they're just, just chilling, just looking proud, just happy to be enjoying a day of freedom, you know, I saw these beautiful images, and I thought to myself, wow, this, this is me, this is my life, oh my gosh, it's just like, these are the things that I've seen in my neighborhood, this is me, and I'll never forget that feeling that I had, yeah, and then as, as we walked around the gallery, I saw a painting uh, Jesse Trevino did of his mom standing in the backyard, and she was either putting up or taking down laundry, I don't know, she's pinning up or, or taking down like bed sheets or something and the wind's flowing and you see her holding her basket you see her brown wrinkled skin her hair pulled back in a jungle 
She's not making an expression of joy or sadness. She's just content. She's content with the life that she's had. She's content with the house that she lives in. And she's content with the task of doing her own laundry. And you just see that image and the stillness of it, but you see the the fluidity of the the fabric just kind of just moving around, being pulled and picked up and and let down by the, the wind. But you see her, and she has this almost, I don't know, it's almost a, a, a proud stance that she has. That she has a house. That she has the ability to continue to take care of herself. You know, it's, it was a really powerful image. I, I'll never forget it. The first time I had seen a Jesse Trevino painting in person. And there I was. I was in high school. My art teacher with 24 other students and we, we saw this and um, you know as I was looking at it I was thinking back and just thinking back I've seen this before I know that lady I've seen this before and then one of the students is like he looks at the sign he says I thought Jesse Trevino man and I was like that's it and I snapped my fingers I see and I said that's it my dad took this photograph. My dad took this photograph. He captured this. And then Jesse painted it. That was their collaboration. And my friend, he turned to me and he said, Your dad works with Jesse Trevino? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they did a lot of work together. But, I mean, not so much anymore. He's like, wow, this is crazy. That's your history, man. He's like, you think so? And he said something like, well, yeah. Plus, your dad took that photo. Jesse made that painting. It's something they did together. You know, I mean, just because your your dad's photograph isn't there doesn't mean that your dad doesn't have anything to do with it. That's your history right there. That's your family, dude. He just said, that's our family. And I said, yeah. I said, this art, it represents who we are as a people. This is San Antonio. This is San Antonio's history. He's like, yeah. See, that's San Antonio's history right there. And we just continued to just look into the painting. And we just looked at it and we just enjoyed it. And afterwards, you know, we had lunch out in the park, and then we went back to class. But that was probably one of the best field trips that I ever had. And it was amazing to see it. And to have local art, Sananto art, cultural art, be a part of my art education. And from that day on, our teacher, she made it a point every week, every week for the next, gosh, what, I don't know, 
five months, four months, something like that. She made it a point to talk about a local artist every week, every week. That was that was our thing. From then on, she mentioned a local artist. She said where they're from. She said what type of work they did. She would show some examples, and we'd compare, and we would contrast, and we would look at it, and we would study it. Even if it were just, you know, for a day. And I remember at the end of the school year, I remember she, you know, she told me, she's like, hey, she's like, I just want to say that, you know, thank you for helping me learn to appreciate local art. I'm going to make it a part of my curriculum. And I'm going to talk to the school district and tell them that local art needs to be a part of the, of the school curriculum. Thank you. Thank you for helping me see that. And I was like, well, yeah, it's important. It's where we come from. And um, from then on, I just learned to, to promote and appreciate the local arts. So one of the things that, that I want to continue per, to pursue is the promotion of local art here in Spokane. And I don't just mean people that were born in Spokane. No, I mean people that are here making work regardless of where they come from, regardless of whether they have a Mexican heritage, a Peruvian heritage, an African heritage, Caribbean heritage, it doesn't matter. But their cultural work, their history, it has a space here. It should. It deserves it. So, yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I will, will continue to work on. And I truly appreciate your help and your support in all that that we do. So, bueno. <laughs>